Amen. Amen. That's great. Well, we got a guest speaker today. His name's Dennis DeGrasse. You going to use that? Okay. Dennis, I've known Dennis about 10 years, and I love Dennis because Dennis is a very real guy, very sincere guy, and uh, Dennis is uh, the key. The thing that I think is great about Dennis is Dennis, Dennis has a relationship with the Lord, and here's God apart from what everybody else is hearing and knowing. He's got, he's got his own direct communication with the Lord. And he's not really highly influenced by what everybody else is doing, which I think that's really wonderful. He is influenced. We all need to be influenced by others. But Dennis really does know the Lord. And um, I'll tell you just sort of how he does this deal, because I think it's pretty remarkable. Dennis is the only person who comes and speaks who gives me his message ahead of time. He actually gives me what he calls a prophetic report. It's, it's not really necessarily trying to preach. He just asks the Lord, Lord, what do you show? What do you have to say to this church? And he just writes down what God shows him, and then he uh, shares it with him. So that's really what what we're getting here today is. And uh, I really, you know, he shared it in the first service. Really great. Sort of. I really didn't want to tell him, Dennis. That's old news. Everything you shared with us is old news. It's something God's already done. But what I realized as he was saying it, God was saying, there's a whole other level. There's a whole other level we haven't seen yet. And really, it's, it's what God wants to do is bring us into this new level. And I think, I think that's really what I really heard the Lord saying as Dennis shared. So, this guitar reach over here, you think? Or? that guy at the Bear Jamboree down there in Disney World with it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Reminds me of when I had my mandolin. <laughs> Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
God, isn't he good? Amen. It's been a wonderful day together in the Lord. The first service was a real blessing. And uh, whenever God shows up, it's great, isn't it? You can't hardly have church without him, can you? <laughs> you can try, but it just doesn't, it's just somehow it doesn't satisfy the same. That's right. Praise God. In uh, Revelations chapter 12 and verse 10, I believe they're putting them up on the screen, if I'm not mistaken. Tremendous verse that said, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night, and they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. And, uh, 
that face with death part, I'm not sure I like that too much. But that's sort of a thing, isn't it, though, really? I like to tell people God's not out to hurt you. He's out to kill you. <laughs> At least there's some things that I wish he would. How about you? There's some things I'd like to see him put to death in my life. And some other things I'd like to see him raise up to a higher place. And uh, as I prayed for the church, I saw people who were under attack. Not by insurgents with guns and bombs, praise God. Not yet anyway. But an attack of words. Attack of ideas, concepts, even insinuations. And uh, Satan is very skillful, isn't he, at turning brother against brother. And I know places where there's been tremendous revival, even down in Brownsville, that it resulted in tremendous uh, schisms and splits and misunderstandings and people walking off in different directions. And, and I don't really believe that's God's plan. I think it's just somehow... Some, you know, it's easy for us if we're not careful to take offense. You know, uh, I was at a church one time. It's been a couple of years ago, and I always like to go early and sit while the worship band is practicing and, and just pray in the Spirit and soak in the anointing. And so I was one of the first people there. It was a huge church. It's probably five times bigger than this with pews. It was real churchy, you know. And so I was down on the front row pretty much me and the worship band, all of a sudden this lady walked in. She must have been about in her 60s. She just walked right up and just stood there and looked at me. And I looked at her and I said, can I help you? She says, you're sitting in my seat. <laughs> I mean, this, seat, this church would hold 500 people easy, you know, and I'm in her seat, you know. So, you know, But people can get offended by those kind of things, either by being asked to move out of somebody's seat or by the fact that you have their seat. And you know, it doesn't take much to get people offended these days, and the devil knows that, and he knows that he, he's just sneaking around in the background just whispering and prodding and doing everything he can to get people to not trust each other, to question one another's integrity or their motivations. And we need to be real careful, don't we, about those, those things, especially when God is on the move, because the devil's on the move wanting to undo all of it if he can. And if he can find an open ear or an open heart, if he can get somebody that's a little disgruntled or a little disjointed and begin to use that person, it doesn't take too long before he can unravel, you know, the plans of the Lord. And so I, I just saw the enemy really wanting to attack you. Turn brother against brother. He knows that if he can divide, he can conquer. And that's really not what you're about, is it? The Lord is calling you to seek His face about this and to renew your love and your covenant in the Lord. And uh, communion is something that I've never th seen communion in this light before, but communion is a powerful weapon when used by righteous hands and hearts. And uh, when we take communion, it should, be in, it should be a time, shouldn't it, of introspection. A time of, as it were, judging ourselves. In fact, the Bible says if we don't judge our, ourselves and come to communion properly, that that's the reason some people die ahead of time. They're sick and weak because they're taking communion, not discerning the body of Christ. I've heard some people say, well, that means Christ hanging on the cross. You know, He died by His stripes were healed. But that's not what that's saying in that verse. That's taking that totally out of context. That, that's not talking nothing about the crucifixion or the resurrection or what His... his uh, and I'm not taking away from that. I believe that firmly. But this is talking about relationship. 
issues. And so if we can get people out of relationship, disgruntled, the enemy has a way to insinuate himself into situations. And God is saying that communion is a powerful weapon because when we take communion, I've been in some churches where, uh, in fact, we used to do it when I was pastoring. We'd take the bread and, and, uh, you know, we'd take it around and minister to one another with it. And that's a great time if you have ought against your brother or your sister. Now, in a church like this, I can't imagine how anybody could find anybody to have ought with. Right? It's a great church, great bunch of people, very loving and kind. But, you know, there's probably one person somewhere that might be an irritant. I don't know. But it would be a time that you could go to that person and say, get over it. <laughs> no, you would <laughs> You might not want to use those words. But God would give you wisdom on how to say it. Amen. And, and, and so the, this whole thing, sometimes there's very practical things that we could do to circumvent, you know, trouble and problems. And there are churches that are floundering and churches that have been split into not just two pieces, but shattered, you might say, because of someone taking an offense, someone saying something, and nobody... You know, God, I believe, gives has given you more wisdom than that. But I believe He's just warning you in advance that the enemy wants to undo what you're doing here. He wants to take it apart because it, it it's a threat to him. You know, you threaten him. So he's not just going to stand back and let you do that without some sort of a struggle. The Lord will restore that which has been broken. He's the builder and the keeper. He said that he would not lose that which the Father has placed within his hands. These are days of trouble and pressure, as we well know. But there are also days when we can have victory and experience His overcoming power. we just got to pray for the right president. Amen. <laughs> Lord, help us. Yes. Amen. Lord, help us. Lord, don't give us the president we deserve. Give us the president we need. <laughs> so... Uh, the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And these, if we can endeavor to hang on to these qualities in our, you know, in our relationships, how we deal with one another, how we deal with problems and troubles when they arise, then you know we're going to see victory. Satan won't have a way in. And so he's using his power, if he can, to divide and conquer. But this is a time to renew love, renew commitments in the Lord and to one another. And I don't know. I'm not aware of any problems that are in the body of Christ. I'm not. You know, I don't know anything about anybody really. I come here once a year or so, and so I just know you briefly during these times. But I'm trusting that the Lord knows what He's talking about. And plus that, He's warning you in advance if these opportunities come that the Holy Ghost will cause this word to reverberate in your memory and say, "Uh oh, I know what this is all about." Amen. He wants you to have be a strong church family, and He wants you to have strong families. And uh, sometimes it's easier to be a strong church family than it is to be a strong family. You know, you only see one another a couple times a week, but when you're family, you live together, you're together a lot, it's a lot easier to get offended. And there's some folks that can carry a grudge a long time. <laughs> and uh, my wife has an aunt that, just passed away. She was 104. 
and uh, she lived in England and her grandmother was her, her family's born in England including her mother and her, her grandmother lived to be over 100 and they came to the States about 80 years ago and so the two sisters had never seen one another in all those years and one uh, Jeannie's sister was over in England visiting so she looked up her aunt and said well don't you miss grandma you haven't seen her in over 80 years she said she always was bossy or something like that I can't remember what it was it's kind of like like 80 some years you know there's <laughs> I mean, some people don't even live that long you know and to be able to carry a grudge or to, so you know we have to watch these things because the enemy wants to get into your family too and uh, you know the, the forgiveness is such a powerful weapon isn't it when you forgive somebody even for something terrible they've done and when they don't even deserve your forgiveness, it just destroys whatever tactic Satan had in mind. That's what Paul said. He said, that man that I told you to avoid because of his sin, he said, you need to restore him now to the church and forgive him and bring him in because we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. And what Paul was saying was the enemy had plans, but he said, when you release forgiveness, it's like dropping a hydrogen bomb. It just changes everything. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might and put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, with all prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so as I was continuing to pray, all of a sudden I just got this picture in my mind of this flashing sword blade. It was gleaming and gl- it was just it was in a dark place. And all you could see was just this. It kind of reminded me of the sword the Lord put at the Garden of Eden. Remember, it was like a flaming sword that nobody could get in anymore. And it was just this huge blade, just a brilliant sword. And as I continued on this, I began to get a feeling that this was this whole report was sort of a warfare kind of a thing that you folks were facing. And, you know, warfare isn't always, uh, you know, I think you're going about it the right way. I mean, I've seen at some places when people get in warfare, it gets real heavy, real kind of, you know, I can only take so much of that. But, but, you know, you're going at it with worship and praise and high praises of God and the positive things that that God's doing. And uh, I think it's a danger when we start focusing on the little small issues, don't you? And minor, you know, making mountains out of molehills when we should be removing mountains by the Word of God, you know, and just... And so, God is encouraging you to take up arms and fight. You know, that's what I'm sensing here. And uh, He hasn't left you comfortless or without weapons. In fact, you know, He's given you a CCW in the Spirit. Anybody know what that is? I don't know what you call it in North Carolina. That's a concealed carry weapon permit. They have them in North Carolina. You can get a permit to carry a concealed weapon. I, we have in Florida, too. I've got a permit in Florida that allows me, if I want to, to carry it in a lot of different states. 
And, uh, you know, that gives you a little comfort when you're traveling around. You know, you might have to shoot a rabbit or something, you know. So <laughs> You might see some poor armadillo on the side of the road and have to put him out of his misery or something. But <laughs> Supper, amen, right? <laughs> Nothing better than fresh roadkill, that's my theory. So... <laughs> But God's given us a concealed, a right to carry a concealed weapon in the Spirit. To be armed and dangerous. You know, to be uh, not just like sheep led to the slaughter, but to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. But uh, also, as Teddy said, walk softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> as Teddy Roosevelt said, which is not in the Bible, of course. But <laughs> I just like it, so I thought I'd say it. <laughs> And so, when we speak the Word of God under the anointing, things happen. And that's really what God is talking about here. Having the Word of the Lord. Knowing what to say, like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. The Bible says words that are fitting are like that. They're, just, they're beautiful. You know, a word out of season or a word that's misplaced or uh, humor at the wrong time, you know, it can be like, vinegar on the teeth or dragging your finger, your nails on a chalkboard. I mean, sometimes words, you know, you can hear people say the right things, but they're just, it's not the right time to say it or it's not said in the right way. And oftentimes the Word of God can actually hurt rather than help. You know, it can hinder rather than cause a person to go forward. And so we want to be a people that know what to say at the right time. And also to know when to just be quiet. <laughs> That's the hardest part of all sometimes, to not say anything when you're just bursted with something that you think you need to say. And uh, to just be quiet and hold your peace. And sometimes, uh, you know, I tell people that don't get prophecy, sometimes no news is good news. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I mean, I can show you a lot of things that prophecy does to a person. <laughs> When you get a word from God, you're in a process, friend. You know, you're, you're headed for some kind of trouble, some kind of trimming, some kind of something's going to happen to get you into the plan of God. So sometimes when God's not saying anything to you, you're, just, you're doing fine. Praise God. You're not appreciating the gravity of what I'm telling you here. I'm, just, I'm letting in you on some inside stuff here. So <laughs> First the promise, then the problem. Amen? And you've got to go through the process to get to the provision. So how many want a prophecy now? <laughs> Amen. Well, the good news is you're going to get to trouble anyway. <laughs> Whether I tell you or not. Amen. Praise God. And so when we worship and when we praise and when we move in the things of the Spirit, what we're doing is bringing ourselves into a place to hear God. You know, that's what's really happening. We're stepping out of the, the place where our mind is just a carnal mind. We're just thinking worldly thoughts. And, you know, worldly and carnal doesn't have to equate with sin and depravity. It can just be normal, everyday life. You know, that are just around taking care of your family, doing your job, driving down the road, whatever. You really need to be in the Spirit to drive down the road. And uh, <laughs> you don't believe it, come to me. <laughs> I didn't mean that the way it sounded. <laughs> that could be taken both ways, couldn't it? 
But see, we need to be a people that can hear God's voice. Yeah, when things are going on, we need to have a sense. We might not have even we might not know all the particulars. But we need to have a sense of what's happening and what God is doing as much as we can to follow after that. You see, and move in that realm. Jesus ministered that way. You know, now Jesus was God, wasn't he? He was. The Bible said he was very God. You couldn't get to be any more God than Jesus was, and yet he makes an astounding statement. He says. I can only do what I see my Father doing. That's amazing, isn't it? Think about that. He was God, and He could only do what He saw the Father. If that's the case, how much more do we need to see what the Father's doing? He said, I only say what I hear the Father say. How much more do we need to hear what the Father says? See, we need to develop our spiritual senses. We have them. We have spiritual sight, spiritual hearing. You know, we, we, how many have you ever had a thought in church? Several, several. So there's your problem. There's only three or four people thinking in your church, brother. <laughs> now, you had a thought and then you thought, well, that's just me. And then a little while later you realize it wasn't. But God was saying something to you and you just... You couldn't believe it. You just thought, well, there I go being judgmental, or there goes my critical this, or my gift of suspicion. And all the time the Lord was trying to, to say something to you to help you. See, we all hear from God a lot, but we just dismiss a lot of it because we just don't believe we're good enough or we have enough faith or why would God use me. And so we just we hold back an awful lot. And I'm convinced that if more people would go for it, more would be happening. I really am. I believe God has loaded with stuff that He wants to do. And so we need to be uh, in a place, you see, to hear the, wor- the Word of the Lord. And you may be an expert on the Bible and have all, I, I know people that have whole, you know, they've memorized most of the Bible. And that's great, you know. And you might know what the Scripture says and be able to, or get on the concordance at least, or a computer and pull up a verse that would fit your situation or circumstances, but that is not necessarily the word of the Lord for that matter. It might be, but then again, God may have a whole different remedy. And somebody's got to be in a place to be able to hear that and then begin to pray into it and declare it and decree it out into the atmosphere and into people's lives. And then when that happens, other people begin to hear it and they say, yeah, that's God. And it begins to vibrate within their spirit and they begin to, to, to have faith stirred up within them. See, that's what's happening here. You're hearing from God. You're saying it. You're doing it. You're moving. And you're moving in a, in a sort of a, a, the dimension of the Holy Spirit, which is where we should be. What, you call, what you're calling a revival or move of God back in the late 60s was just what we called church. Hello? That's what we did every time we came together. You couldn't get anybody to go home. Sometimes the meeting after the meeting was better than the meeting. <laughs> Somebody would always get on the piano and start playing. A bunch of people would start singing. Next thing you know, a demon was getting cast out or somebody was getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Or every, I mean, it was just always like that. Everywhere we went, things happened. We used to carry it. We had big Bibles back in those days. We'd carry them right here. You go into a restaurant and you hear a slap, 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 all these Bibles hitting the table. People had their Bibles with them. How many remember those days? 
you know, and, and uh, man, we had, we'd pray and open and we'd minister to the waitress and lengthen in legs and everywhere we went. And we couldn't stay away from each other's homes. We was always fellowshipping. And, yeah. See, God has something for us that's real. But we've gotten in many places, and I, I'm not saying that you're that way here, but in many places that we've just gotten churchy. We've become the very thing that we left to get away from to come into the new thing. Hello. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you weren't there. This may be all you know, so you don't you can't relate to what I'm saying, but some of us came out to come in. But we've become the very thing we came out from. Seeing God's wanting us to be He's He's calling us to go on in the things of the Lord. And bless God you're pressing in. I'm proud of you. Praise God. And there are other churches like you that are pressing in, taking hold of the things of God. Now, I saw someone, as, as I was writing this down, I saw someone reach underneath of a bed and pull a, a sword out from under the bed where they just sort of put it under there and left it, and it was all covered with dust. And they began to dust it off, and, and as they did it, just you could tell that it was the very shiny and sharp but it just hadn't been used in a while. And God began to deal with me about what that meant. And uh, one thing that I believe that, that needs to happen and is uh, we had the testimony this morning of the little girl going around praying in tongues and just everybody she touched, they started praying in tongues. And I've discovered in my travels and in my own life as well that I go through seasons where I don't pray in tongues like I used to. In fact, a lot of people hardly ever pray in tongues anymore. In fact, a lot of so-called charismatic churches, there's people that have never even been prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we can come in and sing the songs of Zion. We can get excited. We can raise our hands. When I was a pastor in Delaware, my last church, we had a couple from China, uh, a young family that came uh, for some kind of a, I don't know what the reason why they were there, something to do with a research thing or something, but someone brought them along to a house meeting that we had, and slowly they began to come to the church. And one Sunday I was up helping with the worship, and they sat right in the front with this family that brought them. And whenever we'd raise our hands, bless God, they raised their hands. Whenever we'd clap, they'd clap. They did everything that we did, except they just weren't even saved. But if you'd look at them, you'd think, well, there's a healthy... Man, look at that. Those people love God. They didn't even know God. But they were just doing what everybody else is doing. And so we can do that if we're not careful. We can assume that everybody's on the same page. We can assume... But see, God has a spirit that He wants to baptize us in because that's where our power comes from. See, and when we pray in tongues, something happens in our life that doesn't happen, I believe, in any other way. The Bible says when you pray in tongues, you strengthen or edify or build up your own life. And you can say, well, you know, that sounds kind of selfish. Well, it might sound selfish, but I'll tell you what, if I was in the war and I had some guys behind me, I want them to be just as tough as they can be. Hello? I don't want them to be mamby-pamby, milk-toast, have to pull them over every log, talk, come on, now you're going to be okay, you know, quit crying. Man, I'm going to be tough. Let's go get him, man, yeah. Oh, wait a minute, I'm the leader. Let me charge. No, man, let us. That's the kind of people. I, how about you? I want some rugged guys, some tough guys. 
that can run through a troop and leap over a wall. See, when we pray in tongues, that's what it does for us. It changes us on the inside. We might look the same on the outside. I mean, my spirit might want to go places my body can't go anymore. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) But see, I want it to be that way. See, I, I want my spirit to be so alive and so full of power that it actually sustains my body and allows me to do things that I couldn't do otherwise. It allows me to walk in places and do things and experience things that just in the natural couldn't happen. And it can't happen without the Holy Spirit. You can't make a program that will make it happen. You can't have special meetings that will make it happen. You can't. You could barbecue 10,000 hogs and it wouldn't make it happen. It's the Holy Ghost that shows up and does it. He wants us to be full of His power and He wants us to, to allow our spirit man within us to communicate with God. And when we don't pray in tongues, there's only a partial level of communication that's taking place. And you might be able to pray the house down, but if you're only praying in what you understand, you're not praying the full will and counsel of God because you don't know the full will and counsel of God. But the Bible says the Spirit that He's given to us knows the full will and counsel of God. And when we allow Him to speak to us and pray through us and worship through us, there's a level of communication taking place that cannot take place any other way. Thank you. Amen. And so God's encouraging you to take the sword out from under the bed. Start stirring yourself up. I shared an experience uh, early early service when the first time that I when I, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and I didn't know it. And uh, I went to a, a Assembly of God Church and a friend of mine had invited me there and I heard him praying in these languages sound like Hebrew so I thought well that's interesting. You know, even though I was raised in Pentecost as a young boy, you know, it was so long ago it kind of got wiped out of my memory, all that stuff. And so I thought, well, they probably learned these Hebrew prayers because I knew the Bible was a, you know, Hebrew was a Bible uh, language. And, and uh, so my friend said, would you like to receive, in fact, it was Lee Graham. I said, you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? I said, what's that? He said, it's more of Jesus. I'll take it. So he prayed for me. He said, now you can speak in tongues. I just looked at him like, what in the world are you talking about? You see, what I didn't realize was God did it right then. That it took me a while to, to understand, and I struggled a lot with, with being able to speak in tongues, so I understand people that have struggles. But I just kept pressing in because I wanted what I saw in the Bible. The Bible had come alive to me, and it had become real to me. It had become right now, not just some ancient book that I was studying. It was a, a now book. And so some weeks later... I went to a full gospel meeting and they offered to pray for people and I put my hand up and the, the guy come up and he said, I don't need to pray for you. He said, you've already got it. <laughs> so I said, okay, God, I'm going to just take you at your word. And I remember all of a sudden my tongue twisted and I got excited and fell over and I was laying on my back and I didn't know I'd laid there for five or ten minutes praying in tongues. I didn't even know it. I was out in the spirit. But I went home that night and I said, well, I'm going to pray in tongues. They told me the devil's going to try to talk me out of it and so I said, by faith, I'm gonna, and I started speaking Spanish. I spoke Spanish for over an hour. I knew it was Spanish. I could, I'd been around a lot of Spanish people. I didn't know all the words, but I could just hear myself praying this beautiful Spanish brogue. And it was, man, the more I prayed, the more excited I got. And I was trying to hold myself down, you know, because my, 
my roommate was over there in a cot. He had to get up early in the morning, and I was fixing to just bust loose, you know. So I got up on the bed, and I started trying to hold it all in. And all of a sudden, I, was just, I wasn't in that bedroom anymore. I was in the courts of heaven. It was like a mist everywhere. Just like one of those mountain fogs. You can't hardly see the road. I mean, you couldn't see anything, but I could hear millions of voices singing around me. It was just beautiful. And I knew that I was right in front of God's throne. And I knew he was looking right at me. And then he just spoke to me. He said, you can come anytime you like. And I never really thought much about that at the time because I was so caught up with all the other stuff that was going on. And I've never had that experience again. And maybe if I would have, it would have helped me at times to not feel... Because sometimes when you pray in tongues, it just feels like you're just pumping a dry well, doesn't it? I mean, just like clank, clank. You know, you just, hello, I'm just being honest, you know. You know, and so, uh, but I, I never had that experience. But I've just come to believe, though, that, see, and understand that when we pray in tongues, that's where we go. We're in the presence of God. And we might not feel it, we might not know it, we might not see it, but that's where we are. I heard the story of a man in church waiting for the service to start. Obviously, it was a charismatic church. <laughs> and so he was just down there praying in tongues and someone come up and greeted him and he sat down and started praying in tongues it happened two or three times and finally this service got rolling and after the meeting a lady behind him said excuse me sir but she said uh, I understood what you were praying that was my, that's my native language and so he, he probably asked what any one of us would ask well what was I, what was I praying <laughs> what did I say and she said well it was very interesting said, you were going through all the protocol of entering in before God. She said, you got in before God and you were just ready to give God your petition and someone interrupted you. She said, you sat down, you started all over again, you got right up to where you were going to give God your petition and somebody else interrupted. She said, you did, you did that three times and you never did get your petition before God. <laughs> So when you pray in tongues, there's a lot more going on than just words that you don't understand. See, we're in communication. We're in the throne room. And see, while we're there, you know, we're saying and praying a lot of things that we probably wouldn't be brave enough to pray in our, if we knew what we were saying. It's probably just as well we don't. Because we probably wouldn't say, God, I'm willing to be a martyr today for you. But the spirit man says, hey, God, kill us if you need to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I want to encourage you, stir that up. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, then that's something that God has for you as a believer. If you're a believer, I mean, it's not, you're not going to meet somebody you don't know because you already know the Holy Spirit. He's inside of you already. If you're a Christian, but see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't getting the Holy Spirit in you, it's getting you into Him. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what it, the, the picture is being clothed with power, being placed into the Holy Spirit, not getting Him into you. And so He wants you to be clothed with His power. He wants you to be endued. That's the same word that was used when they put the anointing on the high priest. Same word. The anointing of God. That's what it's about. And, so he, and as we've received that, see, as we stir ourselves up, we're just stirring that up. And we're strengthening ourselves and we're saying things and decreeing things and prophesying things and we're, we're saying things that God agrees with that He can answer. 
You know, instead of, God, I wish you'd smash that slow truck up there and get him out of the road for me, you're saying, oh, God bless him. He probably needs to be saved. <laughs> there, you just didn't get that, did you? <coughs> Lord, teach that Yankee to drive, you know. God, get him saved. <laughs> See, so when we pray in the Spirit, it's very powerful. When we worship in the Spirit, it's very powerful. When we move beyond just saying what we know and just singing the words that are on the page and just singing what our understanding, we start singing in the Spirit. Very, very, very powerful. Enough of that. James 5.13, is anyone afflicted? Anybody being afflicted? Anybody ill-treated? Anybody suffering evil? Anybody under it, under attack? The Bible said you ought to pray. Anyone glad, you ought to sing praises to God. Anyone sick, call for the elders of the church. Anoint, get anointed with oil and the prayer of faith can, can raise you up. Then it goes on to say, confess to one another your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses and your sins, and pray also for one another. Now this is not the kind of prayer the first scripture said about the elders. As he said, do that if you're sick, call the elders, they'll anoint you with oil. There's a special dispensation here. God's power can flow, you can be healed. But he said, you also need to pray this way. When you've got people that are in trouble, people that are under affliction, people that are having difficulties. I saw someone ministering to like a soldier that had been wounded. You could see him putting salve on and band. I was trained to be a medic in the in the army, so I know about that kind of stuff. And I recognized here's a guy that had been really beat up and shot, and he just people were ministering to him. You know, when someone's shot, it's pretty easy to see your cut or bruise, you know, beat up or in a car wreck. But there's a lot of people that are hurt that's inside, and you can't see it, but you can see the effects of it. You can see how they're, you know, the way they're living, the attitudes they have, the way they treat their loved ones, their difficulty in making commitments. Very often that makes it hard, very hard for them to enter in to be a part of something because they don't trust people. And I believe there's a lot of people like that at the body of Christ today. And you'd like to say the devil did it all, but unfortunately the church has been guilty of a lot of it, some through ignorance. You know, just some thinking we're doing the right thing or saying the right thing. You know, sometimes we've used the God, the Word of God literally to just slay another person or to whoop, whoop them bad, you know, just, you know, and, and we just sort of dump coals on the fire that's already burning in their life sometimes or pour fuel on it without realizing it. I don't think people do it maliciously, but it happens nonetheless. And so those are wounded soldiers, wounded people. And God is calling you to begin to move and minister to folks like that. We were talking about the power of communion. What an opportunity during communion. It's a perfect setup, isn't it? To go to a person and that you've, maybe God's put you a burden on. Have you ever just seen somebody and you think something's not right there? You know, they they seem, I just have a burden for them. Or I, don't, I don't know what it is. And you, you try to talk to them, but they may not always be open to share because they've made the mistake of doing that before. Then everybody in the eastern North Carolina knows about it. 
you know, so you can't blame people for being a little, little careful. But I believe that God's creating an atmosphere here in which people are going to feel free. That you'll be able to minister to people in a different level than you've done in the past. And that there's going to be some real healing and people being set free from some things that is going to transform their lives. David had quite an experience with God in, in uh, 2 Samuel. And it was so powerful. Well, I'll read it to you. It said, David came to Baal-perazim and he smote them there, the Philistines. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the bursting out of great waters. And so he called the name of that place Baal-perazim, or the Lord of breaking through. There's other translations I've heard, Master of the Breakthrough, or, you know, what, what have you. But the point was that David had a watershed event in his life. He had a time when he felt like he needed to leave some kind of a monument behind. And in the past, the saints of old would sometimes leave little piles of stones and they'd build an altar and they'd call it a certain thing because it commemorated a spiritual event in their life that they always wanted to remember it, to know where it happened, and they even named it, gave it a special name. And so I believe that you're going to have a time like that, a time when it's going to be so powerful that it's going to be a watershed event. It'll be like a milestone. It'll be a place where you'll want to erect a, monu a monument and create a memory and say, on this day, this began to happen. You know, and, and uh, this is why you're experiencing the freedom that you're having and the deliverance. And this is why this is happening, because God did this in our midst. And, and I believe I see that coming for you. So I just encourage you to press in. And I know there's lots of reasons to quit. <laughs> I know there's lots of reasons to get discouraged and to, to, to feel like giving up. And, and they're not all out there, are they? Some of them can be within us. We, we can get pretty discouraged about our own inequities and our own weaknesses and the things in our life that we'd like to see change. And maybe we've wanted to see them change for a long time, but we're still struggling. And the enemy uses that. But God is saying, lift up your heads. Your redemption draweth nigh. It's a day to have faith. It's a day to have fresh hope released in our hearts. You know, if you don't have any hope, you'll never have any faith. You don't hear people talk much about hope. It's all about faith, faith, faith. The Bible says faith is just simply the evidence of what you're having hope for. But if you can't have hope, friend, you'll never know faith. And God, I believe, is releasing hope in hearts here today. I believe there's hope, not just from what I've shared, but there's hope in this church. God is ministering to you. And that hope has great power. And it's going to cause real faith to be birthed in your lives and in your children's lives. It's going to cause you to be able to go forward. And even though some may feel like quitting when they come into the presence, we started a church in Delaware that was birthed out of a real hurtful time 
and uh, we, Jeannie and I got the left foot of fellowship. It was just a power play, really. It wasn't over any, anything other than the person, one of the elders, wanted to be in charge of the church and had the clout to get us tossed out. And uh, a little handful of people went with us. They'd see, we'd learned a long time ago about forgiveness, and we started for the first Sunday. We're not blaming, we're forgiving. We're, and see, people would come from there that had been hurt too, and they'd, they wouldn't be there very long, and they were being healed, but just by the presence of God and the, the healthy atmosphere that was there. And that's what God's creating here, a healthy atmosphere, an atmosphere of, of healthy spirit and healthy mind and healthy body and health, just where people can come in with those hurts. And there'll be so much health here that those hurts will just, they won't be able to stand very long. They're either going to get themselves healed or they'll have to run because of the reality of who God is in your presence. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. This young man over here, what is your name, sir? Maybe when I said young man, it threw you. Aaron, Aaron, God has a claim on your life, a big claim. And he says it's time that he's going to collect. And there's an anointing that God has been keeping for you in trust. But he says the time has come where he's going to begin to release that anointing in your life. And you're going to find yourself like David of old, getting a new heart walking in a new anointing there's things inside of you that you don't even know are there I see a lot of music inside of you songs to be written and sung I see a prophetic flow that God wants to release out of your life that's just going to confront the enemy face to face at times you're going to just speak Just you're not going to be like anybody else you're just going to be yourself but you're going to minister in the power of the Holy Ghost you're going to see things happen and miracles happen. You're going to witness signs and wonders. And God said it's time for you to press in. He said he's let you have this season, to, as it were, to lick your wounds, get your life together. But he says it's together enough where he wants to begin to use you. And praise God. Brother, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. Yes. Marlon. God said he's going to begin to ramp up the anointing in your life, that it's time to step up to another level, as it were. It's kind of like I see like a, somebody on a treadmill where they, you know, you could raise those things and turn up the speed. You can have them almost like you're running uphill, and God said he's going to ramp it up. and You're going to be, find yourself running more. You've got the energy. He's, he's been training you for this. He's been building spiritual endurance in your life. And he's been creating the, the wind to do it. And he's given you the lungs of a runner. But he's given you the oxygen from his Holy Spirit that will make up for what you don't have in the natural. He says you see a lot of things and you wonder, well, God, what about this and what about that? But God says... I'll take care of those things. You just do what I've called you to do and be what I've called you to be. You're going to see success in my realm and it's going to spill over into other realms and be an encouragement to others 
he says your ministry of encouragement is going to cause some who have stopped by the wayside and said, I just can't go on anymore to stand up and say, I think I can make it. Because you're going to encourage and bless and just and be an example to many. So bless you, brother. We're not going to get to everybody. I know you realize that, right? So if you don't get a word and you're not happy, see me afterwards and I'll, I'll make one up for you. So. <laughs> it might be good. Who knows? <laughs> but I'll just move as long as the Lord points people out to me. What's your name, dear? Yeah. Sally, as I looked at you, I just saw an anointing flowing into your life, and I heard the word healing. And uh, I'm not sure what that implies, whether you're being healed or whether healing is going to flow through you. It could be both. But uh, you just need to be aware of that, and to be, if you're willing to participate with God, you're going to see things happen. Oh, praise the Lord. It's so simple, isn't it, to flow with God? It really is. I mean, it's flowing with God is the easiest thing that I do in my life. And I wish that that's all I had to do was just that all the time because that's the easiest thing there is to flow with God because basically he does it all. So we just have to sort of be willing to go along with the program, develop that ability to hear and see and jump on it when you do. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, the sister back there with sort of the graying hair. Yes, sir. What's your name, dear? You're proud of it, aren't you? I'm proud of mine. People say, why don't you get that color? I said, no, sir. I earned all these silver hairs. You never know. I was just 35, would you? <laughs> Now you're probably wondering, how old is he? <laughs> I'm not telling. As I looked at you, I heard the word mentor. And I really believe that God's going to give you, if he hasn't already, if you're not already doing it, I believe you're going to be in a, some positions where you can mentor some people in the things that God has been teaching you and showing you. And I don't have any idea what realm that is. But, and you may not think, well, what do, you may think, well, what do I know? But God thinks it's important enough that he wants you to pass it on. A lot of ladies today need to learn how to just do things like cooking and uh, things like that. Girls don't know how to cook anymore. Both my boys are married and I have to do the cooking. The girls don't know how to cook. How about that? That is bad. I mean, you know, what happened to them Holy Ghost biscuits and those, uh, <laughs> that good gravy? Good Lord. <laughs> What's this country founded on? <laughs> We're coming apart at the seams. Girls, learn how to cook. <laughs> but you can take a preacher home and give him a good meal. <laughs> oh, Lord. And so I don't know what it is that you have to give, but God said it's important enough. He's going to call on you to pass it along. 
Yeah. Biscuits can be pretty supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, apple pie, mm, we had a good one last night. World class. Hallelujah. We better move on. I'm starting to get my juices flowing here. There's a couple sitting over here. The sister has like a white sweater with a brown top underneath. You're adjusting the strap on your... What is your name? Mandy. And who's this fellow next to you? Is that your husband? He's okay. So you're not married yet. You thinking about it? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm sorry. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I just kind of like to have a little fun once in a while. <laughs> So that, I'm not ever going to prophesy anybody together again. <laughs> causes them too much trouble. I see the Lord's hand on your life, Mandy, and I, I really believe that God has got some special things for you to do. I believe he's grooming you for more than just the ordinary life and that you need to start thinking about that if you haven't already and begin to pray into that what that might mean. Because it's easy just to take, you know, just start living life and just doing the stuff that everybody has to do. And there's things you have to do because it's just life. But God said he has more for you than that. He wants you to raise your sights a little bit higher than, than you have and just aim a little bit higher. Because you're, you're settling for the mundane and God has more for you than that. So, praise the Lord. <laughs> There's a couple right back here. Brother has a kind of a black sweater, red shirt, nice looking goatee, man, cool. You ride a Harley? No? You could with that goatee. You qualify. That's one of the is that a goatee or just a heavy beard? That's just a heavy beard. Look at that, man. You got a goatee without even working on it. You could really have it. You could have one, man. Just the shadows makes it look like a are you two buried? So you have your arm around that girl, so. <laughs> we still have that chrome shotgun in the back? Okay. They still do that around here, I think, so you better be careful. As I looked at the two of you, I heard the word leadership. And I believe that God has his hand on your lives grooming you for leadership. And what that means simply is being servants, usually. And so get over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't believe me, just ask anybody in leadership. But you're being groomed for that. God's given you the heart that you need to be able to move in that dimension, to be able to handle the pressures involved with it. And to, 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 and, but he's, he's given you more than just a call. He's given you his anointing. And so I don't know where you are in the process. Maybe you're already there. I don't know. But God, just I'm just making you aware of it. I'm just validating it in front of the congregation. And uh, praise God. His, his timing is always perfect. So it'll work out in his day. Praise God. Okay. Praise God. Brother.
Thank you, Lord, for those words. Amen. We want to just really bless Dennis right now and uh, just going to pass the plates and just ask the whole Lord anything that you should give and just bless him. And Yeah, just if you're going to write a check, write it to River Life Fellowship and uh, then we'll make sure that he gets it. And uh, thanks for coming, brother. He's a good friend. So, yeah. <laughs> So, Lord, just bless Dennis and his wife, Lord. We just ask you, God, to just pour out abundantly upon them. Provide every need that they have. And, Lord, I just ask for a double portion of anointing, Lord, to just rest on them. Lord, God, for signs and wonders and healing. Lord, I just pray they would flow just easy, Lord. Just that, like you said, an easy anointing. God, would just follow them everywhere he goes. Just ask you to bless him right now. Thank you, Lord. So, amen. As those are going around, I just want to encourage you. I believe that there's probably some people with those that inner woundedness, you know, that he was talking about, that the Lord, the Holy Spirit's here today, you're here today, and he's here to touch that place and heal it, you know. And uh, so um, I just encourage you, as we go into just having some ministry time as we're dismissing here, to come up and let uh, let somebody pray for you today.